Don't you think the woman might have made a mistake? No. It's not possible? No, it's not possible. TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy start to the weekend. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour. Mighty glad to be there and glad once again of a Friday to be working with bad boy Benny Mathers, our producer at the board. How are you, Benny? Hi there, you two. And come on, weekend. It should be a lot of fun. It definitely (laughs) should. A quick note. When you, you go into the ninth, you got a couple of run leads. You oh, get you yourself go. a closer. You you got to close out the game if you wish to advance in this business of baseball. I'm just saying. How did I know you were going to bring that up? It's a little sore <laughs> around, around here. We're down two. It's okay. We need three in a row. We can do this. We believe Gary. Come on, Seattle. Come on. I would love to see that happen. I would love for the Seattle Mariners to go to the World Series. It would be a wonderful thing, and it remains a a distant, wistful, and wispy dream to this point. But I have, you know, I'm putting my thumb and and index finger close together. I got this much faith, and with that, the good book says you can move (laughs) mountains. Plus, why do you have a shoe on your head? It's the rally shoe. Are you not following like this is exactly what we're supposed to be doing here folks let's get it together we're supposed to be walking around sarasota florida wearing shoes on our heads yes you know when they actually people do that around here but then they're checked into a home oh oh, well this is seattle so we can get away with a little bit more yes you can because seattle is quirky (laughs) yeah hey not as quirky as uh quirky as portland uh no that's not possible just to make but we are (laughs) We are delighted to, uh, that the Mariners are in, you know, just a quick note to say good luck to them. I hope they pull it off. That would be a great thing. And time will tell. Today, Suzanne, we get a chance to talk to someone. We like this sort of interview, a get-to-know-you interview, our first-timers. A first-time? We love our first-timers. We have a handful every year. Well, yes, we do. And we have someone to thank for this referral, Yes, for turning us on to Pamela Kramer, our honored guest of this hour. And that's our buddy, Carl Petrie. Carl Petrie, who opened the gateway to the Big Apple for us recently. Yep. Yep. And now he's opened a way to somebody for us new to interview. Why don't you go ahead and give this lady her mad props? We got a lot of questions because we got to learn all about her in an hour. Uh, You know, there's a lot to learn, a lot to be said, and it fits into our sort of sub format when we have someone like Pamela Kramer with us. And we've done this sort of thing many, many times. We refer to it as metaphysical Q&A because you can have the most colorful palette you want to when you shift the format to something as general under the umbrella as metaphysics can be. Pamela S. Kramer, casting director and producer, has been in the business for 30 years. She casts for film and television, as well as hundreds of commercials, industrial videos, and voiceovers, too. Recent film casting includes the independent film Torture Chamber. As I said, this is metaphysical Q&A. We're allowed to uh, go into medieval practices, I suppose, once in a while. ha <laughs> Torture Chamber, the award-winning Chard, and the short film The Orchard. Also a new TV series called Tailgate 48 on the Big Ten Network, and a huge industrial video for The Army. 
currently Pamela is in pre-production. This is probably something that's already happened for a couple of untitled horror features. And that's the genre in which she flourishes there. Carl Petri, the same. They're old horror fans, just like me. I mean, this is boomer stuff, really, when you get down, when you get down to it. And she's always busy casting a wide variety of commercials, industrials, and voiceovers. Now, here's what I have to say about Pamela Kramer. I just gave you just the tiniest bit of her bona fides as a casting director and a ranger of these wonderful projects on film, on video. And yet we're going to speak with her today in about art, yeah. her new mission in life. It's a career. It's a calling for her, I'm quite sure, as an energy healer. Yeah, an energy healer. We've got to find out how that happened. How you get from one to the other. And Pamela Kramer is going to tell us how she did it. Pamela Kramer, welcome to Manson Mitchell. Happy to have you here today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to meet both of you virtually. Virtually. we uh, When Carl Petri uh, told us about you, you were visiting him at the time. And he said, oh, you have to talk to this lady. She's here with me now. She's a casting director. And I said to Gary, well, that'll be interesting because we haven't done a whole lot of that. I don't think we've ever talked to a casting director that I know of. And then there is this transition into energy work, which is, is uh, also, um, you know, equally as interesting, but I thought we would start with the one and move into the other over 30 years as a casting director. Tell us a little bit about that business first. Okay. Uh, Well, I started out as an actor as singer, dancer, actor, classically trained, and uh, in, grew up in St. Pete, Florida. And in Florida, a very high competitive state. I don't know if you know that. Uh, uh, high schools compete in regional and state and nationals. Uh, so I came from that background of hardcore theater and moved up to the New York market. And as I was pursuing my acting career, I was sitting with my acting coach one day and he said, you know, you really should be an acting coach. I go, I don't want to be an acting coach. I just want to be an actor. So that will, all that will make you a better actor. So it started to go from there into sitting behind casting directors at showcases and uh, picking the same talent. And then really from there, it just kind of parlayed into uh, another part of my work at the time, which is makeup and styling. And then from there, it just started to expand. And uh, I started using my, which we'll get into that, I guess, um, uh, my abilities uh, later on. At the very beginning, I didn't realize uh, how much that um, of my energetic abilities were playing a part in all this. So that was the beginning. It's interesting that you're in a hardcore industry of filmmaking and yet you were on the softer side of it, having had your own artistic background, then somebody is saying, well, I know you're an artist, but I mean, you'd be a great teacher. And so all of a sudden, you're kind of looking at it from another perspective of, you know, how to make things work from a uh, still a creative perspective, but from that directing part, putting the right people in the right places, you know, doing the things that will be believable to the audience. Did you have a lot of interactions with uh, celebrities? 
through, at the beginning, through makeup, uh, I worked with hundreds of uh, well-known celebrity comics. I worked on the TV show Rascal's Comedy Hour out of West Orange, New Jersey. Worked with uh, the Howard Stern Group, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, uh, Tim Allen, all those guys that were coming up at the time. Uh, so working with them and that again, all this is are these are pieces of my story, if you will, that come together. Right. And then working uh, with politicians and and sports figures, so it just kind of moved on. Everything was kind of uh, just here's another seat here, I, as I refer to them as fingers. I, you know, it was another finger. It was my my uh, casting, and and then it was it was my it was my acting, and then they went into you know the makeup and styling. When you come from hardcore theater, you learn to do everything. So it was just natural for me to move from one end of the entertainment field into the other. You know, it's kind of funny when we've talked to energy workers before, they will talk about various modalities that they've been in. You know, I started out as a Reiki master and then I worked into this or that or something else. And, and so I see what you're saying about uh, how one thing kind of leads to another with, with all, all these fingers on the hand or arms on the octopus where you keep reaching for other things. And, um, and still, you were, you were putting your own acting career kind of to the side as you were getting into all these other things, the question that comes to my mind is, were you choosing all these things or were all these things choosing you? They were choosing me, no doubt. They were choosing me. I had no intentions of doing a lot of these things. The next thing I know I'm doing them. I, I always had a hand with the makeup. I would take my friends and pluck their eyebrows and do their hair and, and you know, come over here, let me fix your makeup and have a over here. You know, so I was always very maternal growing up, I'm, you know, just picking and go, come over here. Ugh, I, can't, I can't take it. You take you out with that hair. Come over here. So, so it was always in me. I'm a little bossy. You know, I think it helps too. I'm an Aries. So when you're a little bossy, that helps. I don't mean bossy in a nasty way. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm in the Aries. <laughs> I'm, dealing, I'm dealing with two of you today. <laughs> but, you know, you, the thing about Aries, women in particular, I'm sure it applies to the guys as well. I've met uh, many Aries women, though. And there's that fire in the belly, not always interested in seeing things through in a detailed way, because that's what you have Virgos in the world for. But to get something going seems to be the special province of the Aries people especially the women that i have met over the years i agree absolutely we're self-starters you know we're self-starters we're creative there's always look, looking to explore how but, but also standing back and say okay let me just see what the lay of the land is before i jump into it and, you know we're just not going to jump into it for the sake of jumping into it i have to know what i'm doing okay i got it let's go you know I, I, as a young child, I was accused of being a um, uh, a little bit a little dilettantish, master of none, but know a little bit about everything. 
And so I hear some of that in how you're saying that you were led to all these different areas because you wanted to know more than just the, the superficial layer, but you got into all these various aspects of, of that world. Are you still doing your casting work? I was not oh, yeah. completely clear oh, yeah. about that because I know our, our focus in the second half is really going to be on the energy work. But yes, um, absolutely. Um, right now I'm in pre-production for a horror short. Uh, I'm sorry, a sci-fi short called Tara. And we're working right now in the middle of securing a, um, our, our star celebrity. Can't discuss it until it's done. Of course. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything, but okay, <laughs> I will. Well, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, a sci-fi project that right before COVID uh, won over 22 awards called Quick Next to Continue. It's a sci-fi uh, TV pilot, TV show, and uh, was nominated for uh, 10 um, awards, but won 22 uh, around the world. And wow. so in pre-production, there's other couple projects. So there's always something going on. You know, you never know. Sometimes it rotates and a project gets put on the back burner. So something else takes, you know, um, you know, precedent at the moment. But I do oh, some industrial commercial voiceover because that's, you know, that's been my bread and butter for many years. Uh, and now it's segueing more into, as far as entertainment work is concerned, it's segueing more into, uh, is uh, in the television and the film industry. Uh, what commercials would I have seen that you were part of? Oh gosh. Uh, uh, anything that's current or pretty current? At the moment, not at this very moment. You know, as okay. you know, in the past couple of years, we've had such an upheaval in our industry yes. in the world. Yes. So everything yes. has been delayed. So, but a tremendous amount of industrials, which for your audience that do not know what industrials are, they're training videos. Ah. And so if you go into McDonald's or your doctor's office, or you're going to go for a job at McDonald's, they sit down and show you how to flip a burger. If you go uh, uh, to a doctor's office and you're sitting there, you'll see a loop of a commercial. Yep. That is an industrial. Uh, it goes onto that you know, industrial commercial, but it's not broadcast, though. It's an industrial. Even it's training, educating, and industrial. My doctor yeah. has that. I sit in his waiting room and look at the loop. <laughs> yeah, well, then you might have seen some of the projects that I cast. You never know. <laughs> Pamela, did are you a fan of the show Shit's Creek? I'm embarrassed to say I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. that's okay. It's very millennial. <laughs> Here I am. I'm as baby boomer as tail fins. But I discovered this show when uh, the lockdown was on, and Suzanne and I binge watched it and we thought so much of it we kept watching it commercials and all uh, when we saw it in syndication and then they moved it to about 2 a.m and i said oh the hell with that noise so i got on ebay and ordered a brand new copy of the complete series and surprised suzanne with it so we can watch it anytime we want and in one of the episodes pamela there is an industrial video about it starring what the lead female uh, character moira rose is starring in an industrial video about sexual harassment in the workplace <laughs> got all of those a tremendous amount of those videos for the uh oh, really? for different corporate venues uh, from pharmaceutical to financial institutes 
and so on. Yeah, well, it was a whole slew of those sexual videos during Allie McBeal time, if you have for your audience to remember who, uh, what that show was. You know, she wore a lot of micro mini skirts. Well, that was a time of the sexual harassment videos. So if an actor walked in with a micro uh, skirt, chances are it would be a pass. <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, that was, it was an interesting time. But yeah, it tends to go secular. Uh, all the sexual harassment videos, you know, it, it, it goes, it coincides with what's going on in the world. Uh, so yeah, it kept me busy for so many years. Even how to wash your hands at a supermarket video. How do you know? Uh, it just listen. There's, there's there's an industrial for an industrial. It's awesome. How to wash your hands at a supermarket? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so if you and if you got some extra bubbles in there, everybody thought, ooh, that's kinky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's something that you go, ooh. Uh, it's amazing. It'll thank you for. Uh, I, I remember one saying to a cashier on the on the way out after shooting in the store for four days. I said, um, "Thank you for keeping me in business." You <laughs> 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 were doing so many things that were incorrect. <laughs> you know, I would think if there was a heyday of industrial videos for sexual harassment, that right now you. Uh, keeping people like yourself in business would be the videos about security. And here this morning, there was yet another school shooting. And, and I'm just slapping my forehead about, you know, all of these, um, you know, violent things that are going on uh, around our country. And I would think that, you know, how to stay safe, how to protect yourself, how to, how to do all that would would end up being a, a big industry probably right now. Oh, there is. I mean, security has always been a major issue. I've worked at the Port Authority before uh, the first bombing, uh, and uh, I've worked in all those buildings at uh, 42nd Street, the Port Authority, uh, videos on can handling and how to protect yourself from scams. Like I said, you name it, there's a video for it. Yeah. I'm curious to know. And I, there, I say this with some humor there between Suzanne and myself, it's a bit of an inside joke there. But Pamela, when it comes to selecting the right voice actors to do those voiceovers, surely you are aware of how many people get talked into attempting to become a voice actor because somebody heard their voice on the telephone or engaged them in a conversation and said to it could be only one time, but you never forget it. Somebody told that person, hey, you should do voiceover work. You've got a great voice there. And I always say to Susan, of course, and they can be in line right behind you and me, because, you know, they're just crying for people in the voiceover <laughs> and, industry. And Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and Morgan, and I'll take any of Morgan Freeman's okay. discards. If he doesn't want it, I, I can talk about penguins. It's not a problem. They would be, and it's this, you know, somebody says something nice about your voice. You should go and be in voiceovers. You could make good money at that. Sure, as soon as I bump aside of Morgan Freeman, the back in Tom Brokaw days, you know who did the intro? It's a simple intro, folks, to the NBC Evening News. I mean, your intro, your staff announcer, right? 
No, hell no. They're not going to have a staff announcer for something like that to bring on Tom Brokaw. They got Michael Douglas to do the voiceover. But sure, go ahead. Because voiceover jobs, they're hanging off trees like low-hanging fruit. You should just grab a whole armful. Well, you know, I, I do have a background in voiceover work. And in the very beginning, uh, I would before we had all this technology, I know I'm dating myself, which is unfortunate in many ways. And I would it's okay. To- We're all boomers. <laughs> <laughs> I would have an actor call me up, send in the copy, and they would uh, read for me over the phone before all the video stuff and all the computer stuff and MP3s and stuff. So I would just listen to them, and I could tell whether they were going to give me what I wanted by the breath, how they took, how they inhaled. Oh. And yeah, I mean, you start to really hone in. I guess this is early part as you get into the, the energy work and intuitive medium stuff. Then, you know, it, I didn't realize it early on how all this was playing into it. But yeah, that's, uh, I agree with you. I, I have people approach me all the time. I, I want to do voiceovers. And I said, you know, I, that's all I want is a voiceover. And I think all you want is a voiceover. Um, so I'm assuming you want, all you want is a little residual to go along with it because people don't have a clue what the industry is about. Now, back yeah. then, it was pre- uh, predominantly men from 25 to 35 that were getting the most of the work, you know, majority of the work. And women, like, just like 5%. So, but now there's need, you know, there's a need for everybody, but it doesn't mean that everybody off the street. I mean, there, there are actually techniques to working in voiceovers as there are working what you're doing, uh, you know, on, on the air. And it is a technique. And some people have a natural affinity to doing voiceovers, you know, but even so you need a little direction. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite interesting. With regard to casting, it's been my uh, personal opinion and now I, I get to ask an actual casting person do a lot of people get casted just based on how they look, never mind their voice? And I'm thinking of uh, of Clara from Where's the Beef? You know, oh. they get this little old lady who has no experience anywhere, anytime, but she was like the perfect little old lady to go in and say, Where's the beef? in the hamburger place, which right. Right now I can't remember, I remember which hamburger name. place it was. It was Wendy's, her name Wendy's. was Clara Peller. Wow, you got a good memory, Gary. Yeah, and, very good memory. And, and so it's always been my theory, because I knew she was not really an actress, or I read or heard she wasn't an actress. She was just chosen for her look. So other right. than, you know, maybe Lana Turner, you know, sitting in the soda fountain, having a root beer or whatever, I mean, how many people get chosen by you? Are you looking through books of photos and saying that's a good type, that's a good type? Uh, no, I'm not looking at books. I, I'm watching television. I, I'm looking at commercials. I'm looking, uh, meeting people. But I want to clarify something. That's a commercial. Commercials are really different from film and TV. So in the commercial okay. world, your look plays a very big part. And in, in her case, in her case, she she didn't have to be anything but herself. I uh-huh. guarantee you, if I met her, I'd go, okay, that's who she is. Right. You know, 
you know, so commercials, just being yourself can be the only thing you need to do. I mean, you don't have to develop a character for it. You kind of step into it recently there's a relatively new commercial on air with the actor who portrayed Oleg on Two Broke Girls. On Two Broke Girls, he's just this sleazy character that works in the kitchen. You know, most of the time he's wearing like a fishnet tank top or something to cook. And um, and all of a sudden he shows up as a similar person to Oleg on these commercials. I think he's looking at a phone or something as he's going down the street and he's ignoring people that, you know, can't get out of the building because they're on crutches. Even in crosswalk. In the crosswalk. He's not paying attention. Right. And so he seems like he's his Oleg character. I haven't seen him in years, but then all of a sudden he pops up in this commercial and I, and I, I like looking at it because I remember him from Two Broke Girls and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, you know, laughing at that. And, and I'm thinking now, how would he have been chosen, you know, from his no. days as the, as the television Oleg or. Oleg, that's a character he created. See, when you're, Correct. When, you're doing, when you're dealing with TV and film, actors are creating, there's a two part to what you're asking me. It's not just cut, nothing okay. is cut dry. Yeah, I am an Aries. Remember that we're Aries, nothing's cut dry. You go, <laughs> Pamela. <laughs> so, one of it is being able to take that uh, what's written on the paper and create a character and that's what you saw on two broke girls right and in the commercial i did not see the commercial i would assume he was being more like himself or closer to himself unless it was uh, less of a character in the commercial so you asked another part of that uh question and do you, do you have to you know do i choose by the look well yes that also comes into play if someone looks the character and then they can act, oh, that to me is gold. Yeah, and instead of having to create everything about that individual. There was, uh, I, I was doing casting on Strangers of Candy with uh, Amy Sedaris and Stephen Colbert uh, years ago on Comedy Central. And a woman, there was a character named Mrs. Puffy Bush. I don't know if you know the show. <laughs> we did it for three seasons. But, uh, I brought in Broadway actors, I brought in uh, film actors, and then I remember this woman who was a character in Look. But you know, her audition was not impressive when she came in to meet me the first time. So I called up her agent, I said, did she get any better? And she goes, oh yes. So I, uh, I brought her in and I was like, oh my God, it was the worst. And I was just like, okay, all right. Could you do it like this? Can you give me more energy? Can you give me more energy? And she would go back in her monotone voice. Okay, fast forward. I'm in the office at Comedy Central. Amy uh, Sedaris and Stephen Colbert are looking at the video in their office. And they're laughing. They think she is great. And I hear Amy, oh my God, she's amazing. And I go, I looked at them. It was our first uh, week uh, in production. I go, it's your show. And I walked away <laughs> and she came in about a half hour later, Amy, and she said, are you still reeling from our, our you know, our choice? And I said, oh, it's your show. And he goes, listen, she's, we couldn't pay an actor to give us what, what she gave us. So she, basically she was being herself 
and she booked it. She booked wow. it and she became her own little celebrity, you know, Mrs. Puppy Bush. So she had, you know, she had a huge amount of fans by being herself. So that's like a, like the, where's the beat lady who then parlayed it into who they were without even, you know, building a character. They just were the character. And then I got the show from that day forward. <laughs> that was a real hard one for me. That was, yeah. You know, Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Pamela, let me ask you about before we we have time before we take our break. Let me ask you about your affinity for the horror genre. A lot of interesting things have gone on with that. I mean, we're way past the universal monster days. So as you look at it today, what is it like being in that industry? What sorts of people do you end up dealing with there? Do you make friendships? I imagine that you would. You're very personable and you're outgoing there. But what is it to, to have that as your film niche? Because for some people, that's the whole thing right there. As an actor, I was in a lot of independent films and they were the most fun to be in. They were schlocky. You can really take chances. Even though you weren't making a ton of money, it didn't matter. You were making friends. So that was the beginning of it. And then uh, I'm also an acting coach, and I'm still a, an acting coach today. I really enjoy developing actors, and uh, most of my students are working. And so I get to see them create and help them create. So from there, it just seemed that people were coming to me and I would say, by the way, you know, I do casting. And so it kind of, you know, dropping the seeds everywhere. And then it started to become, you know, just take off. It's not the only thing I cast, but I seem to cast a lot of horror and sci-fi projects and paranormal projects. So I really, you know, I enjoy it. There is a correlation between the horror film genre and uh, what we're going to discuss in the, in the healing end of it. Good. And yeah, there is a correlation for it. I, it's very cathartic, actually. And that's what I say a lot when I'm teaching people. How do you, how do you, how are you, you're a healer and you do horror films, you know, and you teach and all that stuff. And oh, good I question. Say, yeah. yeah. I say it teaches you how to get out of your comfort zone. All and, right. and yeah, it really does. Don't, don't say too much now, Pamela. Oh. We're going to go ahead and take our one and only break. And then we'll get back to our comfort zone as we talk with. Pamela S. Kramer, casting director, horror producer, not afraid of burning in hell. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Manson Mitchell. Glad to have you with us. Stay tuned here on AM 1150, Seattle's home of alternative talk. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to mansonmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mance and Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. 
Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Pamela Kramer, whose work with independent filmmakers serves as a creative backdrop to her new vocation as a healing energy worker. On Saturday, Ramananda John Welshans, who studied with Ram Das, returns to share his thoughts about the consciousness and the state of the planet today. Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Murder, She Wrote, and a whole lot of other good stuff. Beauty and the Beast, etc., etc. The Manchurian Candidate, anyone? Angela Lansbury, who died, I believe, five days shy of her 97th birthday, so gone at 96. Suzanne, I remember reading a book about the power of belief and about using the mind, and there were examples being brought up by the author in this book that I read a long time ago. And he talked about this up-and-comer on Broadway, a young lady by the name of Angela Lansbury. And the author was praising her work. And we're talking about like in the late 1940s. And she passes away at, uh, as I say, the age of 96, almost 97 here in 2022. An extraordinary person. I don't know if they were on head-to-head against each other, but when I was living in Las Vegas and then Seattle, Man, Sunday night, you had Murder, She Wrote, regardless of whatever else was on, Murder, She Wrote, without fail. And we watched that religiously. I think that's one of the reasons why, and all the time I was in Seattle, I never saw an episode of Twin Peaks. There you go. There, but Angela Lansbury, she's entertaining them in heaven, I'm quite sure, today. She was extraordinary. We are talking this hour with Pamela Kramer casting director, energy worker, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a fun Aries lady. Pamela, if people would like to find out more about you or connect with you, where are the places that they can do that? Sure. My uh, website is www.pamelaskramer.com. That's pamelaskramer.com and Instagram at the out, at sign, Bradley Barron cast, like casting without the ING, and also for the healing, healing heart, the, the number four on Instagram. Excellent. Thank you. Thank and you. people may want to connect with you because you've got some interesting things going on, which leads us to our question of the second half of the interview. And that is now I assumed and incorrectly you informed me on the commercial that you were casting director first and transitioned into being an energy worker. And you said, no, the energy work came first. So now my question is Aries woman of many talents. 
what led to what? And tell us a little bit about the energy work that you do. Okay. Well, from the, from the beginning, <laughs> uh, as a young girl, I knew that there was something different about me. I was able to see energy around people. Also, I didn't have words for it. Later on, I, I came to uh, I came to realize that I had telepathy. Now, telepathy doesn't mean I'm hearing voices in my head. What I've learned over the years is that I'm hearing what you're saying, but it's the frequency that I'm actually hearing your thoughts. So it translated as a child, I didn't have discernment. I would say, you said this, and they would say, I didn't say that, but they were thinking it. And so that's what was coming through. So that was early on. I didn't understand until later, later on. So energy work, I would get tingling in my hands throughout my life. And I was compelled to go, I see that you have a headache. And I go, yeah, I have a headache. How'd you know? And I go, well, would you like me to work on you? I didn't have a, you know, professional training on this or guidance at the time. I just instinctually would, would know what to do. Also, when I was teaching, someone's loved one would come through because I'm an energetic body healer and intuitive medium. I'm not like our friend Carl. I come from the healing end of it. So it's from the healing end first and then moves into the intuitive mediumship. So I would pick up some loved ones in my private classes. And I didn't, I didn't have boundaries. No one taught me these things. I didn't learn them yet. I was too busy pursuing an acting career and then pursuing a casting career. So it didn't dawn on me until later on. So I knew when people would ask me, if you weren't in the acting field, what would you be doing? And I would say, oh, parapsychologist, paranormal, you know, that kind of stuff. And in, when I was 14 or 15, I took a night course in parapsychology. And that was the first time I had my full all out vision. And that was quite interesting. I would see the picture of the, the teacher, the classroom went away. I, you know, I see this picture and then it breaks into two and then it breaks in and breaks in until I see a hundred little pictures and then boom, it's gone and I'm back in the classroom. If you remember the old commercial Fabergé and they tell two friends and they tell two friends, that's what I saw. So things like this happened to me pretty much my entire life from my brother who is long past now when we were younger, his spirit would play with mine. I would close my eyes and one, this is one memory I have of closing my eyes and feeling his hand go down my face. And I would yell, ah, Brad's bothering me, only to go into his room to see that he's sound asleep. But there were many incidents like this, but that was a memory that I usually hold closer to me since he's been gone. And so so that that's the beginning of it. And I would get vision. I remember walking into my bedroom uh, in my apartment in Palisade Park, New Jersey at the time. I see seven crosses of Jesus and I go, okay, and I would walk out. So I would see these things all the time and not address them. It was almost like, I don't have time for you right now. I don't have time for you. And you know, so eventually I couldn't ignore it. And there was a point in my life where I... I had put a down payment on a house up in the Catskill Mountains and I knew I wasn't going to go on vacation. So I was playing around on, on the computer and I put in Sedona and up pops Sedona, Arizona, Sedona, 
soul adventure. And I called her up and I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this right now, but uh, could you tell me how you work? And she would tell me that she hangs up the phone, she meditates, she brings in her spirit guides and guardian angels and my spirit guides and guardian angels and they create a curriculum. Well, fast forward, I went from, no, I just, I'm just inquiring to, here's my credit card. Next thing I know, I am on a plane to Arizona. It was not planned. It was like I was on autopilot. Pilot. So I went to eight different practitioners. If you know anything about Arizona, they're everywhere. You know, they're, you know, so you can't, it's not like they can speak to, they're speaking to one another. You get in the car, you go from one person to another, you're in the desert. And each one would say, you're a healer. Why aren't you doing this? Are you doing this? You no, know, I, I, I always thought I would be doing it to what, why would not we waiting for? Anyhow, my last night there, I went to the desert. There was different, there's different vortexes. If your audience knows about vortexes or energy wheels uh, around the Sedona, it has like five or six of them that are really prevalent. And in the presence of them, you don't have to be a healer or a psychic. You, you feel, some people feel that they're healed. You know, it opens up your portal. Uh, it connects you to your higher self. Well, P.S., I go to this place in the bell, uh, it's called the bell vortex. And no one was around, was looking for a place to meditate, making sure there was no rattlesnakes so I could sit down. And I hear this man's voice right off about, you know, an arm's length off my left shoulder. And the voice said, we will heal you so that you may heal others. And I did one of those, hello. And it was a, a, a big turning point in my life. And within less than a month, 13 people, in, as well as the angel in the desert, told me you should be doing this. So I went back and uh, I would do a lot of praying and say, okay, this is what you want me to do. Please guide me. Please guide me. So I became a Reiki master, not because I had to. I felt if I'm going to do this, I have to do this legitimately. I have to do it with integrity for myself. So I started to commit to the work. And so that's how the turning point for me in really claiming this in my life. And it has brought amazing people, magical things into my life. So that's the, that's the turning point. So. And after the turning point, Pamela, I'm very curious to know, have you maintained a spiritual connection to your now deceased brother with all of this going on. Do you get some help from the other side by way of your brother? I have so many dead relatives over there. So yes and no. Uh, my brother did come to me. I had a, a in my twenties, I had a big dilemma and I was trying to rectify some relationships in my family on my father's side. And I really didn't want to go. I've had a lot of, I, I was born in Ohio had a lot of bad memories there. And my brother came to me and he sat in a big green crushed velvet easy chair. He sat down and he said, go to Cleveland. I swear. And the next day I made a reservation and I went to Cleveland. So that was, that was the biggest one. He has come through me. I was driving down the highway and all of a sudden I felt this cold rush went right through my solar plexus. And I knew instinctively it was him. And I said, oh, it was one of those moments. And so, yes, he's with me. I do have dreams about him where he does speak to me. And I, they're not dreams, they're twilight. 
where the difference between, the, I'm sure you know, your audience probably knows at this point, that dreams are different from twilight. So a visitation from spirit comes at that waking point, usually though, early morning, you know, after you've had all your REM and maybe you've gone to the, to the bathroom, you go back to sleep. That's when they come in that twilight, that in-between state. And he would come and speak to me as well as my mother, as well as my father and many other people. Sometimes you remember, sometimes you know, don't. But what you do remember is when you wake up, at least for me, I, would, I, would, I was always looking for my brother and I would wake up and, and I would be drenched with tears because I missed him so much. But uh, so yes, he does come to me. Yes, there is guidance. There's guidance everywhere. Uh, the most profound one for my brother was I was getting on a, on a bus and it, it had been a while since I had a spiritual connection with him. And I see this guy across the aisle and he looked spit an image of my brother from the side. And I, I mean, so much so I, I, I mean, I was staring at him for two hours. I just, I was like, oh my God, he had the same kind of scar my brother had. The only difference was when he did turn and look my way, he didn't look anything like my brother, but I knew it was a sign from my brother. You know, that was like, I just wanted to be near him, like look at him and take him in his essence. So that was, that was a probably the, the most intense vision I had or, or interaction with the spirit of my brother. After your experience in Sedona, Pamela, where you were communicated with, we will heal you so you can heal others. Your, your uh, intuition and telepathy you had from a very young age, was there a point in time maybe after Sedona where you did uh, more studying or, or um, taking courses or doing something that would um, further enhance your ability? Or did you feel like you had everything you needed? No, I didn't have, and I still don't have everything I need. I'm always questioning. I'm always yearning. I feel that when you enter into this arena, there's always something to learn. I've studied briefly with James Van Prague, which I'm sure you and your audience know who he is, uh, Eamon Downey from England, Tony Stockwell from England, you know, Lee, Lee Van Zell from South Africa, and uh, Anthony Maraca, who is an up-and-coming uh, psychic medium, very powerful in the New Jersey area. And you take away something from all of them. Because you're searching, you're, you're always challenging. I became a Reiki master. Then I started to look into other modalities because you're always looking to expand. And one thing about healing work, your abilities never stay the same. They are always moving. They're stretching, they're moving. And where I brought the two worlds together in the entertainment field, which could be anybody, but it just so happens I had a lot of connections in the entertainment field and, you know, and the intuitive world, is I brought them together and I found myself all of a sudden doing diagrams and, and drawings that I don't care how it worked. It was, it was you know, readings, giving it to them. It's like not a tarot card thing. It was more like I would write, I would get a vision, I would see it on the page. I'm not the best artist, but I would draw it and I would you know, read, and read what was being said, what was coming through. 
and with energy work, like with when there's messages, it has nothing to do with me. I'm just a conduit for, for spirit. And, and there are loved ones that come through. We, I mean, even before this, uh, you know, before we started today, I brought in my spirit guides and guardian angels and, and to also join us. So, so I can, you know, if there's messages for them that they help facilitate information through me. It's always for the highest good. And, you know, that's one thing I do want to say, anybody who comes to me for energy work or readings, it's always for the highest good. It's not, there's not, I'm not going to tell you something horrible because that's just not how I work. You know, I, I will share with you the way this, the spirit guides and guardian angels share with me the information that will lift you up and heal you. And, you know, you get what you need, not necessarily what you think you want when you come to a session. And I don't care how it works. I've seen it work from being on the set where the client uh, has, a, has a headache and I'll just say, would you like me to work on you? Without question, they don't go, what? They don't do that. They go, sure. And in a moment or two, they feel better and now they're on the air. So I, it's, it's always moving towards lifting people up and raising their vibrations, no matter what the situation is. So it's not like going to a tarot card reader where you're afraid they're going to tell you something god awful. That's not how it works with me. And that's not how I ever want to work. So it's a safe space. You know, very safe. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that I was having a conversation earlier today just about the topic of raising vibration. We all know how misery loves company and, and you can spiral down. Well, I had a bad day. Well, I had a worse day. You know, well, I, I had this happen. Well, I had that happen. And, and so you can, you can take a couple of people and really spiral down. In the same way that you can raise your vibration by spiraling upwards, by sharing the good news, the happy things, the joyful things, what is going on with you. And, you know, I find myself at various times doing one or the other. I mean, I can say I'm having a bad day and find somebody else who's having a bad day. And then we commiserate, you know, on the bad days we're having. Some days they just are magical. Everything seems to work out. The calls seem to come through. The connections are made. The problem gets resolved. Things get done, completed. And, and so it, it, my conversation earlier was about, you know, just staying aware about raising our vibrations as often as we can. And I like the fact that you said that you had studied with so many people because a couple of times, and I can't say often, but there have been times where I think people feel like they've had uh, uh, an experience, a profound experience, and that's all they needed. But when you talk to the really good people in, in that business, they will universally tell you that you're always learning, you're always changing, you're always growing, and that you have a little piece of the puzzle, but you can't see the whole puzzle. And so I, I appreciate the fact that this is ongoing, that your education is ongoing in, in the business. And even, uh, even as, a, as an actor, I feel you, know, you, you never stop. I mean, actors just say, I took a class. Go, really? That's you took a class. Yes. So, so the doctor <laughs> took a class and he wants to operate on you. 
I mean, to me, that's the same thing because you're, right. you know, it's integrity or not. But I want to inject what you're saying, two things. One, hatred and anger and fear rewires the brain to want more of that. Ooh. So working to reframe things. You're saying, you, like, for example, you said, I'm having a bad day. Well, reframe it. Today's just a moment that I'm having a, a tough moment. And then the next moment is gone. And now you're back into a fresh moment. So you allow yourself to move forward. So, but with, with that thought, what I tell my clients, become the observer. Start to observe as a pro, opposed to participating in anger or violence or fear. Become the observer. Pull back. And as you pull back, you'll start to see things clearer. Plus, your anxiety and your anxiousness will start to subside because you're not, all that stuff you're feeling has nothing to do with you for the most part. Oh, I was just going to say something like that. When you are the observer, then you don't have to be in the middle of the problem. You can mm -hmm. step back and kind of take a look at it from the observer viewpoint. Oh, that's an interesting problem. I wonder how I could solve that. And yes. look, look at it with a little bit more objectivity. Yes, becoming the, you know, a problem solver. You know, that's another part you just said. Yes. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Observe it. Pull back. Free yourself. Which, <laughs> what's, your, what's the next step, Pamela, for you? I mean, in your development and your expression of your talents across the board, what's coming up for you? Well, we covered the one for the entertainment field. For energy work, it's uh, expanding. There's one of, the, one of the projects that I'm working on is doing a, a concierge for businesses. They want me to come in. You know, a lot, of, a lot of CEOs cannot leave their desk or they can't leave the building because they're just too busy. Coming in for maybe a 15, 20-minute relaxation so it's like a relaxation. It's a massage for the spirit. And so that's something I'm working on to develop for companies and small businesses. That's great. Well, Pamela, for a first interview, I'm thrilled. Thank you for joining us today and telling us a little bit about yourself. We uh, must do this again. And, and yes, about your, your, your two careers and, uh, and how great that is. Your website, again, is PamelaSKramer.com. Yes. And and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Mine. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Thank our, our, thanks to Carl Petri for the referral. Yes. And, and speaking of Carl Petri, coming up at 1 p.m., 1 to 1.30 this afternoon on AM 1150 Seattle, American Road Trip Talk. We're going to talk about a certain broadcast that aired the evening of October 30, 1938. It made the news. Hear all about it when we get to American Road Trip Talk coming up soon right here on AM 1150. Have yourselves a great weekend, everyone.